0: You need just to pursue your mission. I mean, uh, and I think at the end, uh, back then I was like, why people like, like, you know, so cash to tell you no straight, you know, not even hearing, not, no interest or whatever. And I think with the time, I will say that it was a, a good teaching. So basically, li- life is not easy.
1: Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Andreas, a warm well welcome to the Swiss Pro Show. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Hi, Sylvan. Nice to to see
0: you today, and thank you for the invitation.
1: You are the co founder and CEO at Bat Group, the Swiss leader in the home cleaning market. Before we talk about your entrepreneurial journey, I actually want to start with your personal background. You studied finance and commodity trading. And then worked as a shipbroker for a couple of years before founding Batmate in 2014. So, looking back, how did the young Andreas envision his future career?
0: So, first, um, I did not want it to go to university. So I wanted to start like directly, like my first startup, uh, at, at 17, 18 years old, but my dad like told me like, you need to do at least two years, uh, all the, 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 the university plus the master, mm. then you work two years, then you can do whatever you want. So, <laughs> and when we arrived exactly at the, the two years after my, uh, my, ma- after my master, basically I quitted my job the, the same day. So, this is where I, I called my dad saying, okay, now it's time. Now I can get to <laughs> to to do what I, I wanted to do since first day.
1: Was it hard for you to stick through these times, you know, all these years basically to basically do something that, you know, you didn't fully want to do, but your dad sort of said, that's the deal? Um,
0: I mean, what is interesting about university is that you learn how to work, I would say, in one sense, mm-hmm. because you, you get like quite a lot of pressure for the exams and things like this. In the same time, during the year, you need to pass the, the different things. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that was still, I think that I will uh, I will tell my son or my my, 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 my girl, in case I have one, to, to do the same, because I think it's a good um, university of life. Mm-hmm. first because you, you learn how to work and then also you make a lot of friendship and it's a time where you do some party and I think this is quite great when you're young
1: right would you still do the masters or would you say bachelors is enough if you look back
0: uh, I mean, I think it's not like a perfect way or, or how to do it. I think it's more like from a individual perception about like what you want to achieve from your master or what kind of study you want to learn more. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this is what is the most important about it.
1: Right. So then you worked as a shipbroker for the two years that you mentioned that were part of the agreement. Why did it then change for entrepreneurship? It was always clear for you. You so said you always wanted to do that. But why did you then do it right after these two years? You know, was there a good timing or a good idea coming up? I had
0: no specific idea at mm-hmm. this moment when I quitted and I said, now it's time to, to make it happen. Um, but I, I made my first, let's say, sm- small business. I was selling some cap. Uh, I did it when I was 16 years old. So, and okay. we sell like thousands of cap a little bit everywhere in Switzerland. <laughs> and that was my, my first experience that I had when I was really young. Um, so I just say, let, let, let's let start something. And mm-hmm. then is, why, is where I moved to New York to basically uh, see, to sell a little bit something else. And at the same time, to get some idea
1: there. And where would you say, does your entrepreneurial drive come from? Is that just something that runs in your DNA? Or did you have any role models or people that inspired you to pursue that path?
0: I think as entrepreneur, my my inspiration will be Richard Bronson. I think mm-hmm. this is really the one that I I look I, I I would I wish to look like. Um, and basically I think that what is inter- interesting with entrepreneurship is that you're trying to build things which is, could be product or services, uh, for people to help people to have like an easier life or like with like a, as a new things that we bring to to the people. So I think that's always interested me is like how you can change. Uh, things that that you, you were used to use every day uh, in a different way.
1: And you mentioned you then went to New York. Yeah. And legend has it that the BatMate idea actually came out of your experience from New York. You started the company in 2014, so can you elaborate a bit more what happened in that time during your trip to New York?
0: Yeah, so it, when I was in New York, I wanted to make some shoes first. So basically I, I was studying like all the, the way to how to make shoes. And after, I, at one point, I had like one of my, my best friend that came to, to visit me, and my, my flat was really a, a big mess. So uh, <laughs> I went to, on internet, and I, I went to check how I could find a cleaner. Mm-hmm. And I, I found this website called Handybook by then handybook and now is handy.com. dot mm-hmm. um, and basically you could book your cleaning, your cleaning lady or man in two minutes. Right. So basically I did it. Uh, as a Swiss guy back then, I was like, I didn't have any trust of someone new coming to my place. So I stayed of the whole cleaning, so. looking at every <laughs> single detail that has been done. And basically the, 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 cleaner was really friendly. It was like a really good experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, why, why we don't have that, that these kind of things in Switzerland? And this is where the Batmade idea came
1: from. Wow. Amazing personal experience, really. And where have you actually met your co-founder, Eric?
0: So we met on a beer pong uh, in Geneva, like uh, around like the more about the commodity trading uh, area. So mm-hmm. basically he was working also in the commodity trading and we had some uh, like, let's say, like, some close friends together that we, we, we knew. And basically we, we went to this beer pong party one time and basically this is where we met.
1: So it's really the, the everything leading together right? a personal frustration or experience in in New York that you then see a market opportunity in Switzerland, friends from your study days basically you know coming together. So exactly. That's where Batmate was born. You, you also say on on your website that your primary goal at Bat Group is to fight the black market because most or a lot of the cleaning services basically happens illegally because they are not you know with the social securities etc. They are not really taxed the right way so you want to fight and change this when did you first become aware of this issue that this was really a big problem to solve on top of the personal experience
0: that's a really good question so when i got the idea basically when i used the service in in uh, in the u.s and when i came back here i didn't expect that Batmade will have this mission um the first thing that I did, we, we did basically at the beginning of Batmade is that I did three months of cleaning courses, you know, that you being, become like yeah. an expert in this area mm-hmm. and being sure that I know how to lead all the people that will come after with us. And by doing the, the classes, I, I, it was like we were 25, it was 24 women and me. Um, <laughs> and by discussing with this, this, this superwoman, basically, uh, I understood like all the social impact that uh, a cleaning company as ours will, will do in the future. Mm-hmm. And basically from there, I saw, uh, we, we thought that we needed to do something more than just building a platform where you put like a matchmaking between clients and maids. It's yeah. more about like how you can change their life in a better way because mm-hmm. um, all the people that were wor- working in this class with me, they were all working on the black market. And they explained to me the fear that they had every day, every single day to basically go to work. And basically back then I, I didn't understood this how that come from. So basically I, I discussed a lot with all these these people, and and the fear was number one because basically they were afraid about like the the legal system in Switzerland and to get like a, a to go in jail or basically to right. get a huge fine, uh, which is still the case if you were like tra- trapped by 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 the police. Basically you mm-hmm. get a, a huge fine for that, and. I say okay how we, we can change that and I say why you don't work in the in in a normal cleaning company they say that that's quite hard for us we don't we, we we're scared to to make this big step mm-hmm. and I think that when when we saw that is like a matter of like how we can educate a bit better these people about their rights because they have some rights even in the black market and 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 the our goal I think from the, this this day was like how can we uh, become a social company. It's not only become like a, um, a startup or scale up or like something that is really fancy, but more about like a social aspect about like how we can change their world. So basically they can really get the most of, of their life at the end. Um, and this is where come from the name Batmaid. also, I, I mean, uh, Batman heroes from the shadow, mm-hmm. I mean, this is really like, he's not only the shadow from basically the fact that our clients are almost never at home when the cleaning lady or the cleaning man pass, uh, to do the cleaning, but it's mm-hmm. more about like the black market also is like heroes that goes to fight against like that works in this big shadow that we need to to turn into light and this was our goal to 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 put this name on it
1: so i love that that's a wonderful story and can you also talk a bit more about how BatMate actually helps to you know combat the black market and and what sort of benefits that you offer for for both sides in the end
0: yeah, I, th- I think just the difference between black market and like a, a normal com- cleaning company, I would say, in Switzerland, is first that if you get retired on the black market, you don't mm. get anything after you're, you're 60 and something. Right. That's number one. If you are sick, you don't get anything. Mm-hmm. If you have an accident, you don't get anything. And you get no- you need even to pay the hospital for your accident itself. That's an immense pressure, right? Yeah, Yeah. yeah that that's enormous. And more than that is also the fact that you don't have the fear to go to work also. Yeah. And um, I mean, and after you're also the second pillar that we we, we put in place, like, and, but that's a huge story about that. But like, I mean, you you have a lot of benefits to become like in a cleaning company because mm-hmm. basically you are, you're protected and we're trying to really make the best for, for them at the end. Mm-hmm. Um And what are we trying to do in order to to communicate that to the maids? We have not been so great, I think, at that. We we should do much better in the future on this. So this is something that we're launching, is a new initiative that we are launching that I cannot tell so much more today, but we're launching next year, something quite big in this area. So the goal is like how we can uh Ed, educate, but in the right way—not educating the how we want the people to understand, but more about like the the, the, no, the the why people should look at working with cleaning companies and what their rights it is inside the black market because they have some rights. A black market relationship is still a working contract, even if it's not signed or whatever—it's mm-hmm. implicit. So it means that they have some rights back then. And if you look, we have like crazy story about me that has not been paid for years. We're scared to ask uh, the employer uh, about about the money. And we, we have crazy story every day that we have. We have people that come and just crying about this situation and our goal is that this kind of situation should not happen anymore if, you know
1: it's also crazy because we think oh these things they happen but not here in switzerland right that's the general perception yeah. i sometimes feel but we, which is not the truth it's also here so be aware guys like this is happening here yeah. in switzerland as well
0: uh, i mean you know 80 percent of the the, the 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 cleaning market on the the house cleaning market basically is done on the black market Eighty percent, which represent around eight hundred million to one one billion, mm-hmm. only in Switzerland in salaries that is paid in the black market. Yeah. And when you understand now in Switzerland, for, for example, if I take the the one of the, the big polemics that we have right now with the Qatar, and like the fact yeah. that we're like we should not go to Qatar, we should not look at the match because basically the human rights there are not good. Mm-hmm. But almost all, I, I mean. When you see, you know, that is like hundreds of thousands of people using like black market services today. And basically, I'm sure that some of them are like criticizing Qatar and whatever. And at the end, it's like, if you look at the mirror, you say, okay, we, we still have some, some work to do here in Switzerland, not only in the Qatar, but only sure. here in Switzerland to, to look back and to see what can we do better. Yeah. I mean, we need to do our word with the ethics of like how we employ people, how we manage people is in a better way.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And please tell a bit more, what are the benefits, but also the protections that you offer your employees? Because technically, everyone who does provide cleaning services at BatMate is then employed directly at your company.
0: So we employ everybody today. So we have around 4,000 and something employees in Switzerland only. Um, I mean, protection is like first being sure that if they have any issues on a daily basis, they have someone to call. And it could be in the issues. I mean, during the COVID, for example, that was like a great story. Is that we we put like a psychological uh, team in place during the COVID, and mm-hmm. we called every single person at least one time per week at the beginning. And then some people were every day. So we had people that was only working during on this during the COVID, for example. So that's a kind of protection that we're uh-huh. trying to put in place for them. Now, what, what kind of other type of protection we can put is to be sure that you get paid at the end of the month and you get all the securities uh-huh. at the end. And at, when you get retired, you get some money back then and you uh-huh. get the second pillar in case you're working a bit more than uh, the, the, the 21,550 Swiss <laughs> francs <Frankfurter laughs> per year yeah, to exactly. get on uh, that. But that, that's our goal, and that's the protection and the mission that we have.
1: That's also a huge responsibility on your shoulder at the same time. You are responsible for 4,000 employees to make sure that you help them when they are in need, when they are going through a crisis like COVID. Is that sometimes also too much for you? You know, on a, a lot of pressure on your shoulder?
0: I think, I mean, when you're in startup or scale-up, the the problems, you don't get less problems, you just get uh, more complex problems through the time. So I think that the the right answer is that the the pressure, I think, is always there for any kind of entrepreneur. It's just Mm -hmm. that from depending on which business you're on, uh, it will depend a little bit.
1: Fair point. And what happens if a customer is not satisfied with the job that the person who did the cleaning performed? What sort of? process happens there?
0: So we have a customer service that is based in Switzerland, and we serve, uh, we have around 30 people that reply by phone and emails every day. So we receive around 1,000 phone calls per day, and we send our around 1,000 emails per day. That's yeah. basically the rate that we have. And we take care in case we have some issues like this, or we reimburse the client, or we try to find a solution, we give him a voucher. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a case-by-case uh, thing. We ask photos all the time of course because the employee in any case will be paid because that's that's our job so the thing is that after how do we deal with the maids in order to train her in order to perform better in the future and how we follow up this thing and this is things that we're also right now changing a lot of uh, new things there so which is quite exciting
1: so we stay tuned for the announcements then um i assume that's also vice versa so also if a cleaning agent has problems at a location that they do the cleaning they also have your support with someone to contact and to help them out
0: so until now we were we were at 39.9 swiss francs but mm-hmm. now we had like huge increase of salaries all over switzerland that has yeah. been announced And we we have our cost that is going up by 7.5%, at least between the VAT that is going up. And I'm speaking about the client side. and not on on our side, but really on client side. So we had like the VAT that is going up in 2024. We have the increase of salary by 7.5% over two years. We have our own charges that is going up, which is salaries, which is uh, the rent that we're paying, the the electricity and things like this. So we will increase our price uh, next year for almost every client. And the, the goal is not to make like extra margin on every people. The goal is just that you we, we need to put these, these charges back to the client's place because otherwise we cannot afford that.
1: Because I can imagine it's not a high margin business, right? And no. in the end, you are selling hours. Yeah. And these hours have a direct variable cost. You don't have like economies of scale. Exactly. So there you have to do some good calculations to have a good business.
0: I mean, it's not a SaaS business, of course, so (laughs) I would be super happy with that, but no. So no, we we, we do a little bit less than 20% uh, gross margin, Mm -hmm. which is low, I would say, inside like any kind of businesses. In a people business, as we do, I would say it's in the... Middle low range. Uh, I would say that a normal business will do more around 25 to 30%. That's an average thing that happens in our industry. But the thing is that since we tried to grow a little bit faster, basically we we went a bit down with the price. But now with the time, we need to 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 get more about the 25%. I think in the future, which is something that is still low if you compare it to like some other type of business electricity and these kind of things where it's more like specialist that comes to your place and this is a more high, high business margin.
1: Right. And in that regard, what is your way or your path to profitability? You, you probably, you need the masses, right? To really be able to say, we need a big mass to then have enough money to pay for everything.
0: So for next year, basically we, we stopped a bit the growth now. Are we yeah. still growing? But basically we stopped the, the growth at all, all costs to basically mm. going in profitability mode why because if you i mean the macroeconomic situation by itself i mean sure. uh, inflation uh war in ukraine i mean we don't know what the the the, the next 12 months reserved us so i think that's we, we're just looking to say okay how we can get like a, a safe business basically and going mm-hmm. through like a big crisis in case something happened yeah. and then we will start to 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 basically put more investment in on the grow again yeah. but on the growth again but Now, first, the the next 12 months is really about working on quality, efficiency of work inside the office, and basically really focusing on that.
1: So it's more focusing on profitable growth, so to speak, compared to growth at all costs, as you called it before. And when you increase the prices, do you have a sense or some data modeling for the price sensitivity or elasticity of your customers? Because if you increase the prices, you know some people always say just double the prices if you lose less than half of the customers you you're doing good in that regard you're probably not going to double the prices as we heard but do you have some sort of feeling what would happen now that you will increase the prices early next year i mean
0: it's never a good moment to increase the price because when right. you, you, you do a business, you don't want to increase the price. You want to be the cheapest with the best services. I mean of course, yeah. Like the five star <laughs> the five star at the price of the three star, you, know, yeah, you right. know. And that's how entrepreneur with basically the mission is to really get the best product ever because you 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 want to be the client at the end. Sure. And this is what any kind of clients expect at, at yeah. one point. Um today, how we will price this is just by explaining that we have some some cost that is going up and basically it's not something that is not public it's like we we have newspapers talking about it and things like this so it's nothing that's not public so if people want to search they will find that we have our cost that is going up quite highly and our goal is to just make a good communication around that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I mean, uh, if some clients say uh, we, we're losing today, maybe we'll get them back tomorrow. But, uh, you know, you never know. And uh, I think that we, we have some, we, we try to make some calculation about that, but it's really hard to, to know a perfect number. What, what does that bring at the end? Yeah. And I think today, like every kind of company in Switzerland is increasing their price. I mean, in the world, I would say even it's like yeah. everyone is increasing the price. So I think it's not like an increase of price in a normal time where no. people are more like, why are they increasing their price right now? Now, today is that basically everything is increasing in price and the salaries are also going up in one sense. So,
1: But, but at the same time, we also mentally, we're a bit in a crisis mode, right? You know, the economy yeah. not doing that well. So people might also think that, you know, having a cleaning agent is maybe one of the expenses that they do want to save to, you know, spare some more money in their personal budget. Is, is that a challenge that you think is coming your it's a, way? It's a very really good
0: question. I think I, I had a cleaning lady since long time ago. Yeah. Uh, she, she's amazing and st- and things like this. But for me, I will not cut my the, this service before some others. I would prefer to not go to the restaurant maybe one to two times during the month, and sure. having someone doing this job for me, yeah. uh, than to be back to this job and going twice per, uh, at the restaurant during the month. Right. That that will be my own uh, feeling. I think yeah. it's a personal, uh, it's a personal thing. I think some people will will cut a lot of things before cutting the cleaning, and uh, some people is like is like the first thing they will cut is maybe that. Yeah. But. On my side, my personal side, I will not cut that because I need it and I, I don't have the time to get back on, on the cleaning sure. itself. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's not because my, I have like less money that basically my work is still the same amount of hours at the end. Yeah. True. So I would say it's, it's
1: a personal thing. Yeah, I agree. And, and I also love the feeling when you come home and your place is just clean and nice. That's a wonderful thing to experience. I mean, that's the whole
0: thing. It's why we, we say now we we had like customer experience and we say made experience I think mm-hmm. that when we, we we're doing bad made it's not just now we we look more like a cleaning company that, like than when we started we had basic the excitation it's, it's true we are employer of all these people we need right. to we have a lot of duties but, but, but because of that. But it's also how we can change the way that we are doing this service. With what kind of experience our clients are looking for? Is like, is it the smell that maybe the clinic product could have, like in the future at our clients' place? Could be like to put like a chocolate. Is it like to have like uh, SOPs, so clearly, really clear processes about like any kind of things that happen at at the home of our client? Mm-hmm. So it becomes an experience. It's like, is is I always told tell my, my guys internally that. Why people go in a five-star is not only because the bed is maybe better. It's, it's for the experience itself. It's like what kind of experience you got you you get when you go in a five-star. How people speak to you, how people treat you, how yeah. the, the smaller attention here and there. And I think this is what we need to create in the future. So I think that uh, we, we still have a lot of... of um, of things to do there and i which is quite good i I love to do this kind of experience because i think this is where you really create a company uh brand at the end it's like what kind of experience you want to 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 make your uh, clients live from
1: so definitely talking about the brand that is a very important thing for you to also build trust in the market right and i feel that Batmate, it's such a well-known brand. So basically when someone is looking for a cleaning agent, I I would assume that most of them would probably first land on your website because you have such a strong brand. How did you build that up over the past years? Because you you have invested a lot. You see a lot of campaigns to really build that brand purposefully. So thank you for
0: thinking that everybody will come to our website. I hope so, but... um... I don't know. I think that uh, uh, still a lot of people doesn't know us in Switzerland uh, itself. And I think that we still have some job to do to be known better in, in in, not only in Zurich itself, but also in like in all the area, the small areas that the small cities until like, I mean, 200 inhabitants in one village. Why are we not known there? I mean, this, this, my goal is that we should serve anyone in Switzerland in the same way and with the, the same respect. And, um, how to build this brand and to think. I mean, the marketing itself, of course, it's marketing after. And we did a lot of different things over the years. We tried many things. Some things worked well, some others not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn and uh, and we're trying to, to make what works
1: well, like with the steady time, that's how we do it. Yeah. In in that regard, you know, we often talk to people who build the brand in like the US market or something. So there's a sort of a different ball game but I'm really interested to learn more what worked well for you here in Switzerland, because you did a lot. I saw ads from Batmate, of course, online. They were also like trams here in Zurich with the Bathmate logo on it. You had famous ambassadors that supported you. So what of these initiatives worked well for you and what did maybe have one or two examples each?
0: I would say that the first difficulty of Switzerland is the we have three regions and yeah. 26 cantons and i think this is the first uh, big challenge that we have is why you see that the the french the the swiss french company i would say is is it's not many that came to the the german market mm-hmm. and if you take on our side we are bigger on the Ger- swiss german market than the french part now yeah. so basically we succeeded to really and quite much higher here so it's we succeeded to come here i think I don't have a magic receipt, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, it's, it's hard to say what works really well or not. I think it's just like the passion to make it successful at Mm -hmm. the end it's the passion to to wake up every morning to say we we need the people to know us we need the people to know us and to fight for that really hard
1: making a lot of noise so to speak
0: yeah in one in one sense yes even if we're not good i would say in maybe uh, marketing area or whatever we're not like so great on that we could do even better i mean like as some other company as a burger king or whatever is really (laughs) good at but We, we, we just try to make our way with different tests and to see what works very well. I think like you spoke about Ambassador and the Martina Engis that we have. Um, I think it helped in one sense, like to, to measure exactly what's the impact on the business is so it's hard. hard. Yeah. yeah. And when you take, like, I mean, it could be an influencer, it could be like Martina, wh- whatever you take as people to represent your brand. Mm-hmm. I think the difficulty is like to get the also the money after to basically... Make the communication about the, the, this uh, this brand ambassador, right. because and this costs quite a lot. And uh, in Switzerland, I mean, you need to negotiate like uh, in the French part, then the the, the Swiss, the, the German part, then the Italianish part. So mm-hmm. it's it's quite it's it's quite hard because you get pricing. You, I mean, the television here is, is super expensive yep. because you 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 pay like three times basically the the different things. <laughs> when if you go in another country, you pay one television and basically you get like the, the whole country.
1: Yeah. Sure. That's a real challenge. Do you have any performance-based, you know, negotiation tactics in in that regard or any discounts that you could negotiate with these ambassadors, but also like TV companies to really get your brand out there without risking too much money on a single bet?
0: I mean, the ambassador, I mean, the pricing is, is, they all have their own pricing, so... Um, and I think that they don't want to negotiate so much because they know the value that they have on the market. And basically, yeah. this is a price that or you take it or you leave it. So So um, then after it's like more about like, what what do you want to do with this brand ambassador for us? Martina um, was key first because she she speaks almost a free language. Mm-hmm. She's known in the free uh, part of Switzerland. Yeah. Um, she's exactly our target group, which is like, uh, young mom uh, and we have a lot of young mom or young dads basically as clients and basically for us we're trying to solve their issue that they have no time anymore right. because of the <laughs> children and I think this is where, why we, we choose her uh, because of this reason and we, we look at some other people but then after you had always the, the place that that does the people know him maybe, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because you, you have like people that are known on the name, but when you look at their face, you don't know all the time who yeah. it, it is. I mean, the, 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 you have this example in the hockey player, for example, you sure. could have this example in the Swiss and uh, the ski team swiss team basically yeah. because they always have the helmet so it's, yeah, it's like true. it's only La, La Ragoute, i would say that is quite known <laughs> or the yeah. old one which is didier defago and uh, you know yeah. didier kush and the one that we were used to see with Ovo or whatever so yeah
1: fair point let me ask you a quick question of different measures that you did in the past and if you would do them again no further explanation needed but i'm just curious okay would you hire another ambassador to represent you
0: Another one, Like, plus.
1: Or, Would he do it again? I yes. have to ask, yeah. Would he do the tram, uh, huge advertising on the tram again? Depending on the budget of the day, yes. Okay. Would he do TV ads again? Yes. Uh, social media ads? Yes. Print ads? So media? Media, like newspapers. Less. Less. Much okay. less. Uh, you know, distributing flyers on like a main station or something? Yes. Okay. What would he not do anymore? one more thing that you wouldn't do anywhere?
0: I don't think is that what we should not do is like how we can... It depends on the target group that we're trying to, to to go with is the budget that you put in all of them.
1: Okay. Yeah, fair point.
0: And it will depend on the, on the campaign. What is the goal of the campaign itself?
1: Yeah. So now we talked about building trust through your brand, yeah. but you also have to build trust directly with your clients, of course, because you basically... You hire a cleaning agent yeah. and then you let them in your home, right? Yes. How do you do that? Were there any, you know, obstacles or trust issues at the beginning when you were starting out to really, you know, make that work and have someone in your house that you didn't really know?
0: I, th- I think the trust is something that you build with time first. And is why at the beginning it's always hard, these kind of businesses, because people say... First is like booking through internet, so basically you didn't have an, a direct contact with someone that tell you like this is a great service, trying to sell it to explain explain you exactly what is the service about. But it's more about like you book straight in sixty seconds, and then you 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 <laughs> wait and see who is coming to your place. So right. I think it's, it's quite like challenging when you start to get to this mode. Mm-hmm. I think now it's not the same as in two thousand fifteen when we we opened the platform because. Uh, people are more used now to book on the internet and things like this so True. um and then i think it's over time you just need time to basically have some trust that people see you they see that you're growing and that people are using you and uh and that you're trying to make your best
1: fair point and do you also do any like quality checks with the you know with the cleaning agents that you hire do you do any like reference checks or any you know Check that they are. Yes, we, we do
0: two big interviews of 45 minutes, okay, and they're in physical, so we don't do them yeah. through meet or or whatever. And we we check a lot of different points. We check okay. all the references. We check the police record. We check the. Um, If you have been bankrupt, we check if you, I mean, we check every single details of your relationship because we're still sending people to our client space. So we need to be, to have the trust based on the facts. And the fact is basically all the previous things that has been done. Exactly. And then on the cleaning side, is about experience too. So we don't take people that hasn't done no cleaning. Yeah. It happens that some people, basically, we got like some wrong things on the CVs and we, we looked at after that because we saw that it was issue on the cleanings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're trying to make more checks on, on this. But now we're changing also the way. So we're making training from day one with all our new agent now, uh, we're making now some, we will announce next year too, but we're making some new type of trainings that will change a, a little bit the way that we're doing it. We're trying to really improve the quality. Nice. The goal is like how we can get like a five star quality service
1: at home. Yeah. And you know, talking about bringing both sides together, right? Yeah. The cleaning agents, but also the, the users, the people yeah. who need cleaning. You basically have the classic platform problem, right? You need to have a good ratio that people who are listed on your platform get booked, but also people who want to get a cleaning agent find the right agents and don't have to wait for ages. So how did you solve that? Did you focus on a specific ratio to have them, you know, in a good balance or how did that evolve over over time since the start?
0: It's a good question. A, a lot of young entrepreneurs ask me the same question. So it's the chicken and egg problem, right. I think. and. But at the end, what you need is you need first your, I would say, the supply before the demand. If you have no supply, the demand will never come. Right. So I think that this is where you start from. So it's really yeah. about about like hiring the right people, being sure that they are good, and then you send them to the clients. Mm-hmm. About the ratio, yes. So basically, we know a little bit now what what's the demand in per zip codes, uh, depending on which frequency and things like this. So our uh, goal is trying we're trying to hire in advance. Uh, based on these different type of zip codes mm-hmm. to get enough people
1: to basically get availabilities to our clients. Nice. And what was your strategy when you were launching out? Did you focus on like one city at a time to then expand from there and learn? Or did you try to go by a region where you said, for example, all over the German-speaking part of Switzerland, that's where you want to go and cover?
0: No, we we, did, we started by Geneva and Lausanne mm-hmm. only. And 40, I think it was 40 agents back then. Yeah. Um, and went slowly at the beginning. I mean, the first day I, we expected some tens of bookings, but we got, I think, three, uh, <laughs> two from friends and one real new client. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that, that's how it goes. And we, we grew from there and uh, you yeah. grew, you grew, you grow, you grow. And what you see is that you need to go in like large area in order to start to make volumes. Because if you stay yeah. in that one single corner, you don't get it after it's like, how deep you want to go in your market. So on our side, we're trying to get deep in all the different types of market that we're doing here in Switzerland, but we, we still have some room for improvement there.
1: So Geneva and Lausanne was the starting yes. point. When did he then decide to go out of there? What was sort of you know, the level when you said, now we're in a good position here and we can take these learnings and launch a new city or a new area? I
0: think we launched Zurich one year after. Yep. And before that, we started to open like one city in the French part. So one city after one. So maybe it was Vevey after Montreux, uh, maybe okay. Nyon. So we started one small city after and then un- at, until one place where basically we did the whole, whole coast of the, the Geneva Lake. Nice. Um, and then now today, if you take today, you, t- you come from Geneva to Zurich. It's not one region that we don't cover. So, yeah. so now we make a straight line, we cover all that type of region.
1: Pat yeah. made everywhere.
0: That's, that's the goal. I think that if you want to make a proper service, serve everybody with the same respect.
1: And at the beginning, of course, you had to invest quite a significant amount of not only time, but also financial resources, yeah. right? To acquire clients, to build the business. But at the beginning, no investor wanted to give you money. What was the reason for that? Why, what, what was the feedback that you received in the early days?
0: So two things. I think uh, on the first point is like on the investors. It was really hard to find any investor at the beginning. No one trusted that we could be be successful by doing like, a, 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 let's say, a cleaning company online like this. So yeah. no one trusted us. It's like tech first. We're doing cleaning, of course, but it's tech first because we have a lot of automation d- done by our software. Mm-hmm. Um, and one third of our employees internally are making software. So it's still uh-huh. we are a tech company uh, as a cleaning company in the same yeah. time. We have the operational with the tech, let's say. Um, and I think that people th- thought that it was like a hard business to evolve in. I mean, uh, you need to, ha- to, to get a lot of people. So working with a lot of people afraid uh, some people because it means like more yeah. trouble, more problems on the road. Uh, yeah. So I think that was one. And number two, you had like back then, like a, a big uh, U.S. company uh, called Hen- uh, no, called uh, Homejoy. Okay. And yeah. Homejoy went bankrupt. Yeah. I think one, two months after we started Batmate. Yeah, and I think that people were scared that basically these businesses will not, will not go uh, far. Yeah. So that was another one. Um, so no, the first investor basically was my former employer that basically invested. And then we had like a cleaning company that invested in us, a huge cleaning company, one of the uh, biggest in Europe mm-hmm. that invested in us. And this is how we did. And basically we showed that the number were going up and then we, right. we started to, to attract a little bit different type of
1: people. But this is fascinating because usually it's the other way around, right? For software startups, at least, they promise you high growth and everything. And then I think personally, the first round is probably the easiest because there you sell a vision and then you have to deliver. With your business case, they were all quite skeptical, but then once you started to deliver and the numbers were increasing, it, would, it got easier to actually attract investors. We, we needed to
0: show that what we were saying was true. So yeah. people say, okay, show me. And basically we show people and then we, we got some more interest. And bigger we come, uh, different type of investor came. So now yeah. we have the chance to have, like, for example, three companies that are listed on the Swiss stock exchange. So that's that's yeah. how we don't have any, let's properly speaking, VCs. So mm-hmm. that's, I think, for me, on, on my side, I think it's a chance. Um, I, I work more with entrepreneur, I would say, like most of our uh, investors are like entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And I think is a, is a, 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 a nice uh, setup, I would yeah. say, in this way.
1: And, you know, on the personal level, I can imagine that if you get rejected by the investors in the early days, that must be quite frustrating as a founder, because you believe in your vision, your product and service so much, and then you get rejected by the investors. Were you ever at the point where you said, come on, I tried, but that's just not working. Let's do something else.
0: I I mean, you need just to pursue your mission. I mean, and I think at the end, uh, back then I was like, why people like, like, you know, so cash to tell you no straight you know not yeah. even hearing not, no interest or whatever and i think with the time i will say that it was a, a good teaching so basically li- life is not easy uh, making being an entrepreneur is not easy uh, finding money is like one part of your job but basically it is it, not easy so okay. if people think that it's easy to raise money i mean it, you have some 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 area where it's easier to to attract people of course uh, but I would say on ours, it was like like the least attractive business that people wanted to go in. So uh, we said, okay, we need to show numbers and then people will come. We so mm-hmm. raised really, really few m- amounts of money in the beginning, really few. Yeah. So we were really like bootstrapping like every single thing that we tried
1: to do. So that that's what, how we grew at the beginning. Yeah. That's a very, yeah, very very intense start, a very difficult start also because you have to be incredibly resourceful with whatever you have available to invest yeah i mean our
0: business is a is a is a complex one in the sense that you have tech you have like a lot of operational business you have a lot of human business also Mm -hmm. human people inside uh on the low thing we is 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 that it was a complex story when we started also with the low so it was complex also on this on this one I mean, yeah, you, you have like many areas where you need to be good. Marketing, how you do with zero money, you make growth. Right. Yeah. And you know, today I still have some people coming to me, yeah, I need more budget to grow. And basically I say it's not come the, the the growth doesn't come from a budget. Yeah. Uh, the growth comes from a strategy that even with low budget you can grow. And then if you inject more money, you grow faster. But it's not the other way around. Is that money we makes you grow at the beginning? And I think I spend a lot of we spend a lot of time uh, with Eric at the beginning on the on the marketing side, how we can be efficient on every single action that we do, mm-hmm. and is by focusing on this how you uh, care about the money that you have in the bank. Right. Yeah. Cash is king.
1: <laughs> exactly. And cash flow is King Kong. Exactly. <laughs> One thing I also want to talk about is the international expansion. You are now present in eight countries, I think, and. That's something that is also, you know, very interesting to see because it's still quite an intense process to set everything up. But at the same time, you also have a big softer focus, which allows you to probably launch new markets faster. First of all, why did you decide to go abroad? Was the Swiss market just too small for your big vision?
0: I think long term, uh, we want to become number one in the world. Yeah. That, that's still our goal. Uh, I would say that's a 10 to 12 years vision, mm-hmm. but that's our goal. And by by, if you don't go abroad, uh, you, I mean, the Swiss market is what <laughs> is, the, is the Swiss market. I mean, it's a, small, yeah. it's a good one, but it's a small one. And the goal is like how we can start to test it's a bit outside of Switzerland, how does that work, uh, to understand the, the, the regulation, uh, understand how the people react to our services, uh, the yeah, I mean, to, to understand a little bit like how it is going outside. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not in the two to three next year at, at least, but later on, I think that the Swiss market will become our smallest market at one point. So yeah. the goal is like how we can be really be, become big in all around uh, Europe and in other type of countries. So we will launch also next year some another type of way to, uh, to, to get faster um, in, in the world and uh, we'll see how that works too.
1: How do you actually select the markets that you enter with BatMate? Do you have, of course, assessments and then probably also people on the ground, but what are the key points that you look at before entering a new market?
0: We in a, again, we're in a people business and people today is a working contract. Mm-hmm. And what's the, the difficulty when we enter all these markets is to understand all the, the, the working contract and how you can play with them yeah. through a platform. Sure. Because the, if you have like a B2B business and you know that every Saturday and you put like all your people and you can make it even on a, a whiteboard, yeah. easy. Sure. But how do you do with like a, 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 a marketplace where you can like people that deal, that cancel their cleanings, basically someone then you book the same day. So it's first you understand we, we put like a kind of algorithm about like um, how we can handle all the people in all the market depending on the working contracts. And that was the hardest part, I would say. Then the analysis that we did is like, what's, I mean, what's the uh, already like the, 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 how many people are using like cleaning services in this country? Um, What's the prices? What's the margin? is it any benefit, benefit from the, the states? For example, if you take France, you have 50% discount from the states on the cleaning hours in order to fight the black market. So it's one of the only with Belgium, for example, in the Nordic countries where you have like a huge incentive to not go on the black market. And it works. So instead of getting like 80% black market, 20% uh, normal market in France, you have 80% normal market, 20% black market and yeah. which is great and I think this is like why, why where we understand that to be all the different type of country and saying okay
1: it's big market in one way mm-hmm. how we can enter all of them amazing also if you look at your current numbers it's very impressive you have more than a hundred thousand customers over four thousand employees and I feel you're just getting started there's so much more to come so much more countries to be launched and also big news next year in 2023 so what is next for the bat people, for the bat group?
0: I, I would say, again, the twelve next months is about focusing on quality and efficiency. Yeah. Quality, how we do with the, our clients. So the whole experience about having a bat made at home. Uh, and o- also our customer service also. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the quality with the mates. So how we can train better, how we can do better for all of them. So that's one big far. And then the efficiencies like how we can build software that solve daily problems that we have and it's why like the next 12 months is not about like building new type of interface making a b testing on all the different things on the platform (laughs) the goal is really to fix our issue to become basically like then solid for basically making the growth happen after Mm -hmm. because um and and this is the two main topics that we have internally
1: yeah and what is next for you personally because you're not only involved with bat group you also have additional entrepreneurial projects that you're involved with in. So the, the change that I have is that
0: um, I'm like more than one hundred percent in Batman and the other business basically I'm or a co founder but I'm like a, a silent co founder. Let's right. let's sit in this this way. It's like more one of my partner that is doing a great job in where it, wherever it is, and if you take maybe the hotel and restaurant, I have like a general manager that is taking care of it. So yeah. for me, it's only one call sometimes that basically I, I I make the the different things with them. I don't need to spend any time on that. That's that's the chance. Um, otherwise, will be I, I've been difficult. I mean, sure. the three last years, I mean, has been like quite hectic. Uh, yep. in terms of work uh all the different projects that we put in place in the company mm-hmm. so it's why now we're taking this 12 next month to say now we brief, to breathe yeah. <laughs> we, we brief a bit we solve all the different issues here and there yep. and we we really focus about our clients to how we can get the best experience for them
1: Right. But it's amazing to also see what you are still involved with on the side, right? Hotels, you have Gotham, the co-working space.
0: I went out from Gotham in 2019.
1: Okay. But you helped to initiate it initially. Yeah, yeah. I, right?
0: I helped to initiate. I mean, it's always like this passion, as I said before, my, my passion to create and to, or to to improve things. I think this yeah. is, I like challenging and complex problems. Uh, I, I, this is what I like in reality. It's like more complex is the problem. Um, like more interesting, I think it is.
1: I think that's a that's a wonderful sentence sort of to switch to the rapid fire question. Passion brings you in good places. So we have some rapid fa- fire questions for you. I either give you a different choice options to choose from or a simple question and you have to answer in one sentence. Are you ready? Ready. What is your favorite Batman villain? It's Batman. Batman itself, yeah. Beer or wine? Beer. How many hours of sleep did you get last night? Five and a half, six. Mm -hmm. Lone wolf or team player?
0: Both, depends on the situation.
1: When lone wolf and when team player?
0: Lone and complex things where I need to really get on my thing and to to think about the problem. And Mm -hmm. team because uh, you cannot make a company without working with your team.
1: Of course. The last one, Zurich or Lausanne? Ha! <laughs>
0: <laughs> I always say Zurich. Why?
1: Because ah. you still live in Lausanne, right?
0: Yes. Um, because I think that this is the the big city of Switzerland. First, uh, I, I love Zurich. My wife is also from the Swiss German part, so uh, uh, we, we love Zurich. And uh, I might we might come at one point here in Zurich. So
1: fantastic. Andreas, thank you so much for stopping by, for coming on the show. All the best, lots of success. And we're super excited to see what you'll be announcing in 2023.
0: Great. Thanks, Sylvan for the invitation and all the best for you too. And see you soon.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, you can support us by rating our show on Apple Podcasts. This way, we can reach an ever-growing number of aspiring entrepreneurs.